0: Hey there, it's Nick, and right now it's raining in Donegal. We're still working on the new season of Love and Radio, which will be dropping on you this autumn. In the meantime, we're dipping into our archives and featuring work by folks that we love. This time, I'm going to play for you one of my favorite pieces by legendary radio producer Scott Carrier, who launched his own podcast, Home of the Brave, early last year. You can listen to the rest of his work at homebrave.com.
1: This piece is called The Neighborhood.
2: That's my dog. He's okay. And these are tapes I made in my neighborhood Some are sounds I recorded around my house, some are things I taped off the radio, and others are interviews with my neighbors. I live in Salt Lake City, Utah, and this program is my neighborhood scrapbook.
3: I think I should like to use those marvelous words written by Parley P. Pratt as something of a theme. The morning breaks, the shadows flee, lo, Zion's standard is unfurled. The dawning of a brighter day majestic rises on the world. The clouds of error disappear before the rays of truth divine. The glory bursting from afar wide o'er the nations soon will shine.
4: Okay, well, I I would wonder what my house is like from somebody who comes in from the outside. And so I try to meet it that way a lot of the time. When I meet it from the outside, I'm real puzzled by it. This isn't the house that I thought I was designing for myself, but it's the house that happened up around me. This table's gone through 17 moves, Um and the other things have long histories of their own that they came to me with already. Somehow, I kind of guard and cherish those histories too, and what they do to my imagination. My grandmother's chair and my ex husband's uh, godmother's couch, and uh... but I'm kind of a better one, I think. You know, I've had, I have had. 18 moves in 20 years I know how to pack it up and leave within one night and set it up someplace else so if something dies on the way it gets you know buried properly and left behind Um, I mean this is how I've dealt with the outside world this is what I've gone out and tried to structure a reality and this is where it is You know what I mean?
5: And neighborhoods I've lived in from the time I was a kid up till now have always been cold. There's a fence that separates that lot from that lot from that lot. And this separation by virtue of uh, symbols like fences and gates and uh, private property and so on and so forth, or even dogs that'll bite you if you dare go into the area... All of this has emphasized what I call the isolation of individuals and families from each other. And this hasn't been improved at all. There there is a feeling of, uh, stay away from us. You do your thing, we'll do our thing. Now, there are exceptions to that, for sure. But if you don't have a fence, if you don't have a closed-off area, you're in trouble. And I think that's one of the most distasteful signs of society Degeneration.
6: What we really have is we have a brand new 50 year old kitchen.
7: So. I like
6: this space here. I invented this. This is, I always hated pulling out bowls, even though you can stack them from a cupboard, they're always awkward. So, this is just an open square area. It's just open on the front side. You can put, well, I guess there's about 12 bowls all stacked in here. You don't have to lift them out of anything. You can just pull them straight out and pull the bowl that you want. Um, and this cupboard over here, it's pretty nice. I had them put a little shelf here to put the, um, the waffle maker on, and I can put... I have a pasta maker in the basement. You know, a narrow shelf, and underneath you can put the toaster and the coffee grinder, it all will fit. And then over here, there's so many of the kitchens. They just don't have a place for something tall. I can put my whole Cuisinart in here without taking it apart. Cause like when you start having to stack it, it takes about five times as much space. And then I have some tall vases and jars and things. And I don't know what I think. Do you like it?
7: Dad was funny. He wanted us to be pretty and dressed pretty and have our hair done pretty and have pretty shoes on. And he wanted my brother to be, oh, a big he-man of a boy, you know. And it was funny. If he'd come home from work and we weren't just so, he'd have a fit and fall in it. So we were always just pretty. And clean, and you know, I've wondered lots of times how in the world they ever kept people clean in this town. In the summer when it dries up, the dust just... And they didn't have... My mother used to wash on Monday with a great big boiler about this big. She'd put on a, a coal stove, and she'd dry it all and iron on Tuesday. And... We everybody had to have a bath Saturday night because we had to go to church Sunday morning, spotless clean, and the, I mean spotless. And Dad had seen to it too. I don't know; they were, they were funny. You see, there's a storm coming in right there. It looks like it might be going toward Twilla, don't it?
0: well huh I'm a neighbor of yours I live around the corner. Well, who are you? My name's Scott carrier and I live around the around the corner down there in G Street. You don't live around the corner here. I know just about everybody that lives on this block No I, I do I live down there. I live down there. where do you say you live? Around the corner down there down where down I live I live down on G Street down there G Street Yeah G Street and what? About 9th Avenue. Well, what what are you doing up in that tree? What? Well, you're acting like a damn fool. Now come on down. That that's that's over 20, 20, 30 feet high. If you fall down, God knows what I'm responsible, and it'd be a hell of a mess. Now come on down. Just let me stay up here a little bit longer. I'm no, almost I'm done. I'm not gonna let you stay out there one more minute. Uh, if, if I could I'd climb up and, and take you down by the seat of the pants well, This is Listen, Lord you can't even have a tree on your property anymore for fear that, that a, a fool like yourself is going to climb up and fall off come on down I, I, you, are you going to force me to call the,
2: uh, the cops please father wilt thou bless us with the power to remember and to recall the special feelings we have at this moment. Particularly, wilt thou bless us when we have times of decision that we might remember truth and the feeling when we have truth? We're mindful Father of our prophet who is here. We have felt the power of his spirit. We thank thee for this mindful also of many throughout the earth who are disadvantaged, and who are lonely, who need to be lifted and strengthened, who have less than we have. We pray for them, and we pray for righteous men and women to lift them and bless them. We express our gratitude for all we have and all we are. We know, Father, who we are, and we thank thee for this knowledge and testimony, and do so in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen.
3: the tone, four hours, 21 minutes, coordinated universal time.
5: My life has been extremely um, chaotic. Uh, I was raised during the Depression years, 1930 to 1940, here in Salt Lake City, during the Depression years. We went through things I couldn't believe. I couldn't find any sense in people starving to death or going without food. And then the Second World War. I cannot tell you how utterly dismal that whole experience was for me. I aspired to be a business executive, and I think I could have made it, but I was absolutely, constantly, day after day, disturbed by questions that came to my mind. What is this all about? Why are we here? What are we doing to each other? Why is there unequal distribution of beauty, brains, and wealth in the entire world? Why are millions of people starving to death every year? This is called unequal distribution. And I am going to be very frank here and honest. I believe with all my heart that Inequity, which is unequal distribution, leads inevitably to inequity. Inequity leads inevitably to inequity.
8: Well, I bought this house uh, from a friend of mine who moved to San Francisco about 12, 13 years ago. And, uh, the house was, uh, I've heard that it's the oldest house above Sixth Avenue. And so at any rate, I bought the house and have been very involved in restoring it. And now, uh, most of the house is done except this old lean-to kitchen, which, uh, which I use as a practice room. And it's the funkiest room in the house, but uh, ideal for my purposes. I've got all my records in here, and microphones in that, and can spread all my music and rods and metronomes, bows, what have you, out and leave it out, and not always have to be putting it away. So it's very convenient for me to use that right now. And uh, I uh, I'll play a little piece just so you can uh, hear what it is I do on the bass. This is the uh, first movement. Uh, of a sonata by Alessandro Scarlatti in D minor
0: Come this way, I'll show you the basement.
1: But anyway, this is um this is kind of a, I don't know, we jokingly call it the ballroom because it's so large, runs the entire length of the house, which is pretty great. Um, the previous owner said his son used to have a band, and this is where they practiced. But someday I'd like to maybe get a pool table or something in here. And then I have lots of closet space. Got a little cedar closet in here. You know, it's nice. I don't know. Turn this into a sauna or something. That'd be pretty great. Come on this way. I'll show you. We got quite a few bedrooms down here. Here's a this one. This is a, kind of a root cellar. It's got the dirt floor. And I tell my mother that when she Retires, this is the room she can have as long as she brings her own rake. We're calling this her room. Uh, anyway, uh, and then this is where I keep my motorcycle. Uh, you want me to start it for you? Down here? Yeah. I pick up rocks that I find are interesting. I don't really do it because I think they're rare gems or, you know, rare rocks. You know, some agates and things like that. I pick them up because they're interesting. They they kind of look like, this one here looks like it came from outer space. It's some kind of agatized rock. It's got oranges and purples and whites. and. I mean, that, you know, that orange is almost the color of a crab's back after it's been been cooked. And that purple is a, well, it's kind of hard purple to describe. It's a waxy texture. And a, it's a darker, almost a mixture of a purple and an ox blood red. Why did I pick this one up? It looks like there's a lot of fossils in it or of some sort. Just little pieces of some kind of fossilized material. Right through here and right through here and through here and right through here. Just curiosity. <laughs>
3: My name is George Nay, N-A-Y, but I belong to the full gospel Businessmen Fellowship International. And uh, at 16 years old is when I found the Lord as my personal Savior, was baptized with the Holy Ghost, and spoke two hours in the Spanish language uh, uh, that I had never learned. Just a camp meeting we had here at Peron this fall, er, in July, it was around the 4th of July, The camp meeting. One night, 150 people received fillings in their teeth the Lord put in. To save my granddaughter, she was one of them. It saved us over $1,000 we'd have to pay for dental work. Now, a doctor can cut you, and he can sew you up. He can do a lot of wonderful things, but he cannot heal you. There's only one healer. And a dentist can fix your teeth, but that's no sign that they're not going bad again. But Jesus can fix them to where... They just, my wife's had one for over 22 years, uh, beautiful filling the Lord put in gold. And the Lord puts in gold, he puts in silver, and he makes teeth white also. So Jesus makes the difference. We just love every one of you and appreciate you. The Lord bless you.
9: Do you want me to read my poem to W.S. Merwin? Let me see it. Let me see if
0: that's
9: one. This is the one to Merwin. I gave him an answer. I, I said, dead hands, dead hands, ha-ha. You may talk about the basilisk, Merwin. I'll tell you about dead hands. It's got nothing to do with letting... People don't know
6: so who let, let the, the rings you fall. Dead
9: hands, dead hands. I know dead hands. But I stare like the basilisk at these two lines of Merwins, and yet I know dead hands. Once warm, caressing my silk, my skin before they turned to wax in the casket with veins vanished after life's red was sucked away in that hushed morgue. Dear God, do they run that blood down the drain. We are not gonna go on with this, that God. That's not, nah, I'm not gonna finish that. I'm There's a simple a little poems. poem in here. There's a simple yeah. little poem that isn't so bloody. Y'all. No! I'm not talking to you! Go away! It might be. I don't give a damn. Her. It's not. We we're we not talking to them. Okay. We don't have to. Just because that phone rings. Why well, should a person have to talk to a phone? Someone terrible. I know it is. I know that it is someone terrible. No. That's why I know it's someone terrible. It isn't father. It isn't family. It isn't girlfriends. It is someone terrible. I'm not getting it. That means it's a man. Stop it. I'll unplug you.
4: You have been listening to The Neighborhood. This program was produced by Scott Carrier with funds provided by the Corporation for Public Broadcasting's Satellite Program Development Fund.